Hello and welcome to the first podcast in our new series celebrating the positivity and resilience of the Cornish community throughout the challenges of COVID. At St Petrox, as we work to end homelessness in Cornwall, a big part of our work is supporting people as they face challenges, challenges often complex and not of their own making, to places in their lives where they are able to sustain, grow and thrive. So we wanted to talk to people across the county, many of whom have connections with our work, to shine a light on the fortitude and robustness of Cornwall as a whole at a time that has been pretty dark for a lot of people. Today I've got the huge privilege of being joined by Kate Holborough, the High Sheriff of Cornwall. Hello Kate, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming along. So yeah, today you're here to talk about uh, your kind of role as uh, High Sheriff and how you've been able to view the pandemic from maybe a slightly different position to lots of uh, other people in your kind of roll out and about in the community. You you really do come from a family rich in Cornish heritage with a strong tradition of giving service. So um, the role of High Sheriff, which is a quite an old role, isn't it? It goes back hundreds of years. But what does it mean to be High Sheriff of Cornwall today? I think, um, well, if you go back many years, you probably think back to sort of the wicked Sheriff of Nottingham where you could raise an army, you could, you were collecting the king's taxes, you were passing jurisdiction in the court, you were basically the king's or queen's representative in the county. It's now very different. Um, it's an honorary role for a year. I think one of the reasons why it might only be a year is that because it was because of the collecting the taxes it was a very unpopular role to hold so that's why they only had it for a year um but we are in Cornwall as lots of other things we're very different and um the position is appointed by the Duke of Cornwall but we are still the Queen's representative alongside or in many cases supporting the Lord Lieutenant and we have a particular responsibility for the judiciary um, which is sort of the legal service, the judges, the courts, the police and the other emergency services. Yeah, so in a nutshell, that's who we are. I think many people might have seen us out and about at events because the position, the role comes complete with sort of a velvet outfit and a feathery hat and lots of white frilly bits. So you might have often seen the high sheriff at events and actually not quite realised who they were. Um, but um, yeah, so in a in a nutshell, that's what the high sheriff is. You began the role, didn't you, last March? I believe your role's coming towards its end yes. now. Quite a different experience from any other high sheriff, I'd have thought. Um, what's been the biggest challenge for you that you found this year? Well, I think yes, as you say, I was sworn in on the twenty second of March, um, and at that point, we were. We were restricted in terms of gathering, so it was a very small number actually outside in our garden, but I was lucky to be able to get people together. And then, of course, on the 23rd of March, we went into lockdown. Mm -hmm. So all the things that I would have normally expected to have done as High Sheriff, which would have been included the mayoral ceremonies, because there's lots of new mayors every year, um, the Royal Cornwall Show, royal visits, um, judges coming to Cornwall, none of those happened. But um, in many cases, I sort of sat there with a bit of an empty sheet of paper and I thought, right, well, this is a bit of an opportunity. And what I'd always wanted to do before even I knew that COVID was looming was to sort of in a way recognise those individuals and organisations which work in the community, 
very often unrecognized, but provide a hugely valuable service um, in keeping the community wheels going, but in really underpinning the work of the police in the community. So with COVID, it actually was the biggest opportunity. So whilst the challenge was that there was nothing there and I had to create it, there was equally the opportunity for what I wanted to do. And um, so I was able to kick off with a whole series of Zoom meetings. I met Steve quite early on, amongst others, really just to find out about a bit more about about Cornwall and about these um, different organisations. And I think I probably now say at the end of my, coming to the end of my year, that I've been hugely lucky. And actually, many of the things I've done, I wouldn't have probably done if I'd been high sheriff in mm. normal times, because I would have been tied up with other events and everything. Because obviously, you know, I have a, I have a job. I run a communications business. So, you know, you have to, you have to juggle it between your working life and your, and your Cornish life. It's, it's been a huge privilege to find out more about Cornwall. And you know, I've, I've been really lucky, I think, in my year. I mean, it's obviously it's been a very challenging year for all communities and, and for Cornwall. But I think it's, I certainly haven't had to sort of sit back and do nothing. I've been able to get out, even if it's only virtually, so, which, which has been a great privilege. Yeah, I can imagine, actually, the freedom of being able to be a totally different high sheriff in many ways as must have been like you say a great opportunity to actually make a difference in ways that you probably wouldn't have been able to to get out there before that's yeah. that's really quite enlightening and yeah I think it just shows how um in those kind of times of challenge actually if you look for the for the opportunities actually it can be more rewarding yeah. than just focusing on the challenge itself can't it exactly what are the things that have continued to motivate you through the time because it's been quite a year for all of us and I think you know everyone's found some bits more challenging than others but I imagine that you know there's been quite an additional need for virtually visiting people and providing that boost of morale but what motivates you through that through the year? Um, I think my I think it's been the people I've met actually it's been hugely motivating and satisfying so one of the first things I did when I kicked off was, um, you probably remember that um, TV clip of the nurse in the supermarket supermarket car park who couldn't get her meal because it, you know the supermarkets and all the, um, everyone had been in buying the clearing the shelves. Mm-hmm. And there was an um, an organisation called Food for Heroes that I heard about that was doing some good work up country. And I thought, let's make that work in Cornwall. And I know actually at the same time, Steve was getting. Um, some chefs together to prepare meals for your brilliant clients too but what I did was I got a group of chefs um, led by the head chef at St Enadoc and we prepared meals for um, care home workers and for NHS workers and particularly in the community hospitals and it's just you know immediately working with the chefs they were just a great team and it was really motivating and interesting and exciting and then when you sort of heard the feedback from from the hospitals, from the care homes, about the impact that our meals had, that you immediately felt that you were really making a difference. Um, and then the other thing that I've done is um, I have set up what I call the High Sheriff Unsung Hero Awards. And the idea of these is to recognise these individuals and just give them a bit, a bit of recognition, a bit of thanks for what they've done, where they've mm-hmm. gone above and beyond for the community so actually I came in and I presented um to Justin Day who I know is one of your directors yes about all the work he'd done to 
get some extra bed spaces mm-hmm. for your clients in Cornwall, which is brilliant. Um, I met a whole group of veterans with this brilliant ex-veteran who was just doing amazing work helping them through all the mental health challenges that they were having um, during COVID. A head teacher who was providing meals, but not only for his children in his class, or who were in his class, but also for their families. Um, so it was it was a huge privilege and really exciting to do that. And actually today I went to present an award to, she's a, she's a dinner lady, a lady called Pat Jane in Foy. And she had realised that a lot of the school, a lot of her children couldn't actually, their families couldn't afford, this is actually a couple of years back now, to keep the children fed at lunchtime during school holidays. So she started this lunch in a bag concept, which is now carried on through lockdown. And it's been an amazing thing. And she started it. She raised the money. Um, she got it all going. And she's got the meals going out there. And we, we, we ended up, we just knocked on her door because obviously we can't go inside or anything. And she came out and she was so overwhelmed by me being there, by the fact she was getting an award. She had the mayor of Foy there. She had um, Philip de Greywater, who's a vicar there. And it, it was it was a brilliant, brilliant um, event and really heartwarming. And I think that's what motivates and keeps me going. Um, not that I need any really much motivation. I think probably I'm a very glass half full person anyway, but um, it, it is the people that I've been really lucky to meet. It must be quite humbling in a way because it sounds like you're actually able to meet the, you know, the people who are just doing above and beyond so quietly. And it's a real uh, honour to have that recognition. Yeah, it's scratching the surface, but you're right. It is really humbling. And and then I've met these organisations who are working really on the edge with vulnerable people, as you are. But you know, there's um, a group called Circles Southwest, which helps those, well, it's, it manages those sex offenders coming out of prison, helps to manage them back into the community. And there's all sorts of issues around that. And there are a lot of volunteers who are out there helping, working with these. It's, you know, it's a very challenging environment to work in. And you, and I, I am always humbled by these people I meet. And I think it's just amazing to, with, with what you do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You kind of, um, you must get to see the highlights in a way, I suppose, it's, which is, a, yeah, a real privilege, isn't it? Um, I think we find that, especially in, in the comms team, I think it's that element of being able to, well, normally being able to pop into the resource centre and sit and have a chat with our frontline staff, but also with our clients who've just popped in to get some clothes or charge their phone or have a shower. And then actually to be able to go out and talk to people about the work that we're doing. And you get the, the two kind of angles of that. And that's something really special about that because you you can kind of see every angle of the picture and kind of and how people respond to that and I think you know probably quite easy for us as, as a, almost like a middle link and you kind of get the public feedback of appreciation as yeah. well as you know the, the client appreciation so it's those bits isn't it that makes it special exactly you have been a, a long-time supporter of St Petrox I know you've had good relationship with Steve over the years and and lots of other people within our organization and you touched on the Unsung Hero Awards things like that have been a huge boost for for some of our staff who are working at their mm. hardest um and yeah there's a real kind of genuine affection and appreciation for everything that you do and the support that that you're showing us um because it's just nice to know that people kind of appreciate the work that's that's going on we were just wondering what kind of words of encouragement would you have for for those listening um and to kind of the people of St Petrox at this time as we maybe see more of a light at the end of the tunnel 
Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, so actually, just to touch on my relationship with St. Petros, so my mother, who was the Lord Lieutenant of Cornwall for some years, she was always a huge supporter. So even before I got actively involved in Cornish life, I always knew about St. Petros and supported you. And as a company, Wildcard, we've done the sleep out for St. Petros a yes. couple of times. And actually, my husband and I slept out this year. Fantastic. Um, with the virtual sleep out, which... Um, Luckily, it just rained towards the end. But anyway, it was quite an experience. And I can really empathise and mm. see what your clients are going through. And I think in terms of a sort of message, you mes- you mentioned the light at the end of the tunnel. And possibly it's because I'm a glass half full person. But um, I've got coming up is my legal service, which is normally held in the cathedral. Mm. Again, it's, it's, it's going to be a virtual legal service. We're just finalising it at the moment. But the theme is very much of a brighter future. And I think, you know, for everybody, there should be some sort of encouragement and feeling of hope that um, things will get better. And I think in Cornwall, um, from the point of view of your clients, you know, it's just been such a tough time. But we're so lucky to have um, charities such as St. Petrox and the other, you know, Harbour Housing and the Amber Foundation, all those companies, all those um, mayors looking looking out for the vulnerable in our community and doing what we can to support. And um, I think it's got to be one of sort of of hope, a message of hope. And the other thing I really feel that the pandemic has brought to life is the importance of collaboration. And so now, you know, you're, you're seeing all these small charities, all these small groups, individuals working together. And actually, it's a stronger, you know, we're going to have a stronger future. And it's, you know, together, we are a lot stronger. And I think there's been a lot of community initiatives um, that have been going on that I think will really they will continue and they will continue as a sort of joined up force um, I think St Petrox has done amazing work and I know you know you've been really knocked back by the sort of the impact that it's had on the homeless numbers in Cornwall the pandemic's had and, and lockdown must be so challenging and it must be such a challenging um, environment to work work with and so you know it is let's let's hope for you know let's let's hope let's think of a brighter future but also, you know, I really personally want to say huge thanks to St. Petrox because Cornwall will be a much poorer place without you. If you'd like to find out more about St. Petrox and how you can support our work to end homelessness in Cornwall, please visit our website, stpetrox.org.uk or follow us on social media search St. Petrox on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn.